From the Midwest PBIS network, this is Passing Period. Short bursts of implementation support that you can squeeze in during a passing period or two. I'm Allie Hearn. One of the most common questions we get asked when talking about PBIS in schools is why should we teach kids what's expected and how to behave? Shouldn't they already know how to act by now? I love this one. Because many of us who do this work tend to see PBIS everywhere in life, I'm going to share the following example. It's just from everyday life. It's not a perfect analogy, but hopefully it's going to help bring some points to light. I was in the car the other day, driving in the right-hand lane of a two-lane road. I saw quite clearly a huge flashing arrow up ahead that notified me that the left-hand lane was narrowing or closing for construction. A good ways ahead, I might add, like I could see it from really far away. I would say that about 80% of the drivers, myself included of course, gently started merging into the right lane far in advance, as soon as we saw that the huge blinking arrow was directing us to do just that. Then there was another, say, 5 to 15% of drivers who just went ahead and blew past us all in the left-hand lane, only to clog up that transition area, making it hard for all of us to get where we were going. And of course, finally, there's always going to be that 1 to 5%. You know, for example, the guy who gets out of the car, road rages a bit. It's not all of the drivers. It's one driver every now and then. So we can easily ask ourselves, why should we talk about expectations and behaviors with other drivers? Shouldn't they already know how to follow simple street signs and directions? There's a lot that we could talk about in terms of an answer to this question. Here's a few points that I want to make. First of all, if that blinking arrow wasn't ever there at all, we would have a lot more than 5-15% to of drivers doing it the wrong way. The flashing arrow and the cones lining the road, they help us all to know what we should be doing and they give us a consistent way of doing it. This is kind of the core or universal curriculum, so to speak. Second of all, it isn't that as drivers we don't know how to merge over to the right, but the reminders along the way are definitely helpful and they give each of us a clear message about what's expected of us up ahead. Third, there will always be youth and adults who need more support in life around behaviors. This is just a fact. So by setting up clear messages and using common language, we can start to sift out who needs more support than that basic level to meet the expectations. It can help us in the identification process. The drivers flying down the left, they need some more support. And of course, the guy who got out of his car and road raged through the streets, well, he may in fact have tier three level needs right now and need the highest levels of support that we have to offer. Some folks don't know the expectations, and we need to lay them out for them for the very first time. Others know them, and for a variety of reasons are not able to easily follow them. And still others may know them, understand them, and simply intentionally disobey them. This is how we get our multi-tiers of support, different levels of need. Yet without a base level of expectations created, well, we just might have a really hard time getting to work in the morning.
As humans in general, we crave expectations, clarity, and common language. It feels good to go into a situation, especially a new one, knowing what to expect and what's expected of you. Think about your current job. Wasn't it important to know what was expected of you before you started? What time should I arrive? What's the dress attire? How long is lunch? Knowing and understanding expectations helps make us feel safe and secure. And don't forget, just because the expectation for all staff is to wear something other than jeans, doesn't mean that you're not going to have those three individuals who always wear jeans anyway. Come on now. Creating clearly defined expectations for the different settings of your school building, for example, the bus, the front office, the hallway, the cafeteria, the gymnasium, the classrooms, the playground, the bathroom. This can help to ensure comfort and security of those entering the building and can truly help to create a safe and supportive learning environment for youth. What does it look like to be a Raider or to live the Raider way? How do Spartans act? If you're a lion, how do you show your pride? This helps in creating and enhancing the culture and the climate of a school. So if adults need a flashing arrow, a little extra nudge around behavioral expectations here and there, a reteaching, a reminder, a few extra cones and signs along the way, wouldn't it make sense that youth and adolescents might too? key stakeholders? Staff, students, families, community members? Do they know what to expect? If you aren't sure, ask them. Pull aside 10 youth and 10 adults in your building and ask them if they know the expectations in your building. Many youth can tell you what they shouldn't do in a school setting, but do they know what they should do? Do they know what it does look like? So often we point out what not to do, but that's not the same thing as clearly defining what you should do. That goes for staff as well. Do your staff know your expectations to be respectful, be responsible, and be safe? Do they know what that looks like for them? And when students or staff do know what's expected, do you acknowledge them in some way? Are the acknowledgements motivating? Do your youth want them? Do you have a system around acknowledgements, or do you just use them randomly? And can we acknowledge that acknowledgements alone are not PBIS? Join us so that we can talk more about it during your next passing period.